2: Hello and welcome to Look Sports Media League One podcast. I'm Seb and I'm in the hot seat this week, and I'm joined by three fantastic co-hosts, uh, bringing all the sparks. We've got Owen. Hi, Owen. How are you doing? Hey, not too bad. How about you? Good. I- I'm very good. Yeah, good. Uh, good. Thank you. Uh, also joining me at Owen, we've got uh, fire hot Ollie. Hi, Ollie. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, all good. Thank you. Can't complain too much. It- always getting nice to get Bruce the second round of the FA cup yes yeah i'm sure we'll be we'll, we'll be covering that a little bit later on and hoping to ignite some great chats and debates we've got sam
1: hello how are we all good very good Sir, thank you uh, you've, you've I, picked us all up here
2: so uh fire the... well enjoying, yeah, enjoying I, yeah. So, so yeah you you probably recognise the 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 bonfire puns already on this display uh, on today's podcast, uh, of course, uh, we're going to be merely chatting about the fixtures that took place on Bonfire Weekend. Uh, this is the League One podcast, but uh, this episode is slightly different uh, in the fact that there hasn't been any League One action. Instead, we're going to be chatting all things uh, FA Cup Round 1 uh, and more particularly the League One teams that have been involved in the action. Uh, but before we get into uh, the football side of things... Uh, we often get feedback from listeners uh, that you want to get to know us a little bit better. So I've got uh, a question for my co-host, which I've not told them about just yet, uh, but they'll be surprised uh, when I ask them. Uh, so given we have just had bonfire weekend, uh, that means one thing, that the C word is on the horizon. No, not chelting away at Christmas, of course. We've had Halloween, we've had bonfire night, uh, the clocks have gone back, the yellow ball has been released by the EFL. I'm just forty nine days to go until the big man comes down that chimney. but a uh, big question up and down the country is at what point do you put your Christmas tree up in the house? uh Sam, I'll start with you.
1: First of December and it comes down on the twenty seventh of December that's that's very precise. I don't want to hear no Christmas songs. I don't want to hear no Christmas songs until the first of December.
2: Are you uh do you not leave it up until January?
1: Nope. Nope. No. I don't. In- Once Christmas is over, boxing day's over, that's
2: it. It's <laughs> that's no longer it. Christmas. It's interesting. Which sounds really depressing uh, when they put it like that. True, true. But you know, no judgment here. are uh, Ollie, when do you when does your tree go up? Do you know I've I don't, i do not think I have a sort of set time, if I'm honest.
0: Um, I mean, is that how indicative of that is the fact that I don't actually know? And I probably just leave it to the wife and kids and say, Yeah, yeah, put it up. Um Yeah, I don't know. Um from from my end, um, how do I say this, sounding as least grinchy as possible? Like as late as possible. Like it's a pain in the ass when you got cats and dogs and they get get things <laughs> everywhere. And yeah, I, I, I've sounded all negative about that really, but I like yeah. Christmas. But
2: other things get the way. That's that's fair enough. Uh, Owen, what about you? Your final yeah. answer? When does your Christmas tree come up? Yeah, it's usually uh, usually last
3: weekend in November. Usually for me. Because um, usually around that time I've I've relatives up, so we usually like to do it around there. Um But we always have a fake tree because having a real tree just ruins er- everything about your house. And I'm always worried about getting rot, uh, your wood being rotten or anything like that. So it's usually a fake tree. And then it's usually first weekend of January is usually when it's off. Um, but like I said, there's some, there's some that I, I've i seen. They've already had the Christmas tree up now. And I'm like,
2: it's yeah. a little bit early.
3: A little bit early, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I just think I don't work in retail, because otherwise they'll be hearing uh, a lot of Christmas songs over the next two months, especially Carey So we'll be interested. <laughs> it's the only time of year she's relevant, isn't it? Well, she has made a meme of it lately. I think I think last time I checked, she did it this year by, like, she, like, iced herself. And then her promo, when it's November, was her just, like, being de-iced and then started singing it. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> so...
2: True, so uh, a okay. few different answers there. I, I guess there's, so, there's not one straight answer in terms of uh, when sort of when is the right time to put your tree up. I, a bit like Owen said, I know people that have got the trees up already. Uh, personally, uh, my family tend to go for the sort of traditional uh, 12 days before Christmas, 12 days afterwards. Uh, so it tends to be sort of around the, the 10th, 12th of December and then comes up uh, around the 6th of, of January. Uh, so about, about 25 days altogether. So very traditional, but... I guess if it if it works, then there'll be no reason to change it. Uh, interesting, yeah. yeah so we're all, all different, all different answers there. Um, let's get on with chatting uh, League One related football, starting with the FA Cup results. And of course, there were some fireworks in all the matches across Bonfire Weekend, starting with a bang at Oakwell, Owen.
3: Yeah, so um, this was on uh, Friday night. Um, Barnsley vs. Horsham. Uh one of the two games that were on Friday night, uh the only one including League One sided Barnsley, who were expected to really smash and sort of take home the win and go to the second round, but it didn't it didn't seem to be that way. It looked like at the start with a with a goal for Waters, Max Waters um uh was a good header. Um, but then out of complete nowhere, Horsham took their chance just uh just a few minutes later, about about seven or so minutes later with a with a cracking goal from from, from Fenland, um which was which looked brilliant from my angle. And then they were ordered a penalty kick as well, uh, to take the lead, which for Horsham who are, I believe, a seventh tier side. Um never thought in their wildest dreams that they would be able to get that. And they did go ahead in the thirtieth minute and took that past half time, uh oh, just before half time, sorry. Um but then probably one of the goals of the round from uh Sore's I've uh, that's how you pronounce it. I don't know how to pronounce it because it is for uh, foreign name, but um I, it was a cracking goal just from the just the edge of the corner, uh edge of the penalty area, and it was a cracking shot into the into the top right corner, which probably one of if not the goals of the round, um, which was cracking. And then in the sixty-fourth minute, Barnsley did it again and looked free to and looked pretty comfortable until um, a brilliant counter-attack from Horsham and, and Richards put it in uh with about nine minutes to go, and they hold on and uh, they'll be going back to their home ground with a replay which
2: Barnsley did not need, no, certainly not. And uh, so, I, as I always said, they finished three apiece. I mean, as, as a Barnsley fan myself, I who was at the game, I was very surprised. Uh, in terms of sort of what Horsham brought, I, I was particularly impressed. Uh, I think the fans just thought this was going to be a, a quick rollover, if you like. I guess that's the case of, of a lot of the non league clubs, you just think it's going to be easy passing. But, uh, what struck me in particular. Uh, was apart from two changes, it was the same team that had played the league match, the the match before. Um, but it just didn't work. Uh, and I guess sort of then he just asked the wide the wider approach. Was that the right approach from Neil Collins? You know, sticking with the strong side. And he left the squad players on the bench as he usually does in the league games. Um, but was that the right approach for Collins? Do you think, Cohen?
3: I don't know. I feel like with with with, with these sort of competitions, especially for newer league sides. Do you go strong and show respect to the opposition by saying you're going strong or do you bring in those hungry young players um, who who want to prove a point and get into the league side every week? Um, but all around the competition, it's backfired on both ends. Teams have gone really strong and gone out or gone really, really strong and gone through. But there's teams who have gone weak and gone through quite well. And then teams that have gone weak and gone out, like we'll talk about in a little while. Um, but it seems like for Barnsley, it, it sort of didn't uh, work out as well as they should. And they've got an extra game now, which considering their promotion hopes this season will be a game. They don't, they wouldn't want to want to have and ad, um, especially with another FA cup game on the horizon. Obviously if they do win, that is going to congest up their schedule with games being postponed and things like that.
1: Yeah. Just looking at the stats oh, for that game, Barnsley actually had 26 shots to Horsham's four and three of Horsham's shots were all on target and
0: three of them were goals. Just seeing, yeah, Barnsley <coughs> had 13, 13 shots on target as well. So, keep, yeah. uh, again, the keepers side of a good game, isn't he? Like,
1: pulled out a couple of decent saves. And that's the, that's the why well, not disadvantage, but when you play a lower league side, they just have the grip between their teeth and they just seem to have that extra 10%. The goalkeepers always seem to have worldies. Their centre-halves put their bodies on the line like there's no tomorrow. Um, there was a couple of really good blocks in that game. I remember watching the highlights in by the Horsham defenders. Um, And on their first goal, it looked like the Barnsley players didn't really want to make a tackle because they didn't want to get injured. Herbie Kane missed a challenge. And I don't know who it, I think it was your right centre half. He also missed a
2: challenge. Yeah, Jordan Williams, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a, yeah, it uh, it, to me looked like they didn't want to tackle in case they got injured, which in hindsight, if they actually made contact, they'd have probably got injured and, and then unless they took the geezer out they probably wouldn't have got injured. It's like that old saying in Sunday League, just take absolutely everything and you'll be fine.
3: Yeah, I, I, thought, I don't um, know. I've... Sorry, go on, Ollie. I was just going to say, I think I
0: thought the, um, in particular, the composure for the uh, late equaliser was nice there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy had been sort of put through in a, one of those positions where you often see players snatch it and pop it wide and it just squared it across really nicely for the goal. Also, some really, really nice fan footage of that goal. There's, 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 mm-hmm. there's loads of clips Aren't there online of, of, yeah. from the stands. Um, which are always always good to see in those sorts of games. It was almost yeah.
1: as good as Owen celebrations for the Stevenage game,
3: <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think I think with 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 he was saying about what you saying two points before with for I'll go from Moddy's point about the composure because easily the um, I don't know who got the assist for that goal, but um, he could have easily had his name up in lights there and gone at it because mm. he he might he was obviously never in that position before so he could have. Just try to go in and miss, and they won't have lost that game. But he was unselfish; he passed it straight to his teammate. It went in, and, and they got themselves a replay. Um, from what Sam was said, by the extra sort ten of percent, um, a lot of the time I, I, it might just be because it must be the first time most of them first time playing at a football league ground, mm. and first time even being on telly. And it's a good, it's a good time to put yourself in the shop window, perhaps even as well, mm. chance to get yourself out the divisions, even to a football league side. It's it's happened on numerous occasions for four players. They've done really well in the FA Cup, and they've got themselves a bigger move elsewhere, and they've they've done brilliantly. So it's always it's always why the FA Cup is so special, is it? It gives opportunities for lower league players to go up the divisions, as well as getting their team up to higher up in the FA Cup and give some money for the club. So that is why the FA Cup is so special, as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I think just no one expected that that result in terms of sort of the, the team that Bounce put out uh, and the sort of I guess. Uh, the amount of places between them in, in the divisions. So I think uh, you're, Sam, you're right in terms of, sort of Herbert Came for that first goal backing off. Uh, Bouncer players just at, at times just, just didn't look up for it. Uh, I don't know if it's sort of a bit of complacency or, or something, mm-hmm. but um, it will be interesting in terms of how they approach the replay because they have to win. Yeah.
1: I think it's a yeah. little bit of motivation as well, isn't it, for these types of players. They're playing teams like Portsmouth in the league and there's that real fire in your belly and then you see in the cup you're playing Horsham there is that complacency and it's like oh I can't really be bothered tonight I know they had 26 shots but there is that attitude of oh
0: not tonight. Seb who was the um who who was the lad who had um a mad attempt at an overhead kick for you just before um goal it's like a long ball into the box and he's like on the edge of the 18 he's flown up. It's One of those ones where the fans all are all weighing and then five <laughs> like, later, Jallo pins it and <laughs> suddenly you go,
2: yeah, yeah. That was uh, John Mack yeah, striker. Uh, I clearly wanted the. Uh his name in, in the in the headlines if you like. Uh, and I just, you know, like I said, sort of just a few few months later, then Jallo does put his name in in, in the headlines. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think no one expected this result. Uh, I guess that's the magic of the FA Cup. But um just the way it came, I mean, a 3-3, pretty you know, fair enough 1-0 if they'd, they'd got the goal and then sat back, but it wasn't it was it was pretty end to end. albeit yeah. maybe maybe the stats don't don't prove that, but it, it was end to end. And Barnsley just uh just allowed Horsham too much of the ball, really. Um, so it's disappointing, but Barnes have got to do better for the replay. I'm just double checking.
3: McAtee got the assist for that goal. He, <laughs> I think he went for the head I'm kick, it, and, it, and it came off his. I think came off the of his boot, and it's gone. It's gone to to, to Jalo, who's then obviously put it in. So he's got something out of it, but that's that's a bit putting one of the craziest assists. You'll probably see the luckiest assist. You'll probably see
0: if ever there was but, a goal that said ignore assist data.
2: It's that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 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 uh, like, uh, like, like, I would allude to there. Uh, the replay will be played uh, on on the fourteenth uh, when Barnsley travel to Horsham uh, after a three-three uh, draw in uh, the first round. Uh, now on to another League One side involved in round one, and uh, another side hoping to avoid a giant killing. Uh, Charlton Athletic. Ollie, we're playing Cray Valley Paper Mills.
0: Yeah, a bit of a strange one this, really. I mean, Charlton essentially rotated their entire side. Um, and, well, I guess what you were saying about Barnsley going almost full strength. Um, this is the other end of the coin. If you do rotate, um, you know, whether those players are sharp enough to come in, to come in and get something. Um, there wasn't a whole lot in this game, really. Like for a game that was level, you know, for, for, for a pretty long time... Charwin didn't really dominate this the kind of the way you would expect them to. Really, I mean, you know, had, had plenty of plenty of shots and twenty five shots, but only six of those on target. And they weren't they were brilliant chances. Um, it it looked early on like they might run away with it. It's a quite quite a nice goal, not nicely timed run from um from Fraser, um, and finished it nicely as you'd expect. Um, the keeper made a good save. Freeman and Goal made a couple of nice saves. He made a good one uh, in the first half to stop Tedic making it two 0 for half time. Um, and then after half-time, Craig Valley yeah, came out really nicely. Um, Equaliser re- is, is a really nice move. A uh, lovely little ball inside the full-back with the outside of the foot. I don't know who the midfielder was. Apologies. Um, but he put Lisby in. Um, Lisby has had all the headlines. Um, he squared it across goal and then Ness can't do anything other than slide it into his own net. Um, Charlton went straight up the other end and potentially could have nicked it straight away. Charlie Kurt got put through and definitely should score. Uh, but Freeman, again, did well to narrow the angle and stop that from going in um late on was a little bit end-to-end but there weren't really sort of it wasn't back to the wall sort of loads of chances like you might expect in this sort of thing I think there's 117 places between the two sides so yeah again another one where you know I guess like we were saying at the start whether if you do rotate that whole side what does that then tell Appleton about that team you know like mm. those, those players who come in for that like well, a question I guess for you guys what like as, as fans, you go to those sorts of games, if your team does rotate that heavily, what what, what, what do we think about that?
3: Yeah, I don't know. It's the sort of two sides to the, to, to the coin, really, because I was saying, obviously, before in the last game, is that Barnsley did the same thing and nearly got beat as well. So, really, I think it's just about, a little bit about luck as well, but also just about, is your team strong enough? Because maybe Barnsley doesn't have that, I don't know, obviously obviously, several know more, but, Maybe, um, I've got the uh, Barnsley manager, for example, I've got his name, but um, does he have trust in his in his squad players to do a job?
0: Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think uh, this was obviously an opportunity for Appleton, wasn't it, to, to, to evaluate those players who haven't been playing for him. And I guess being a, a new boss there. The other thing I always wonder about this, and I kind of put Barnsley in the same bracket of this, and Seb, you could probably confirm or deny this, but I feel like for clubs like Charlton, Barnsley, who have kind of, been Championship have been Premier League not a million years ago. I wonder if the FA Cup's been paying the arse almost like if if Charlton draw Liverpool away, they care like like I just I, I, it's, it's not the same, is it, as a an Orient or a Stevenage, as as two examples. So I, like I do often wonder, kind of for those sorts of clubs, how how motivated they are for an FA Cup run.
1: Yeah, I think it's really difficult for managers as well because obviously they've got these 23-, 24 man squads and 11 of them are probably not match fit. And if you chuck them all in like an FA Cup game, there's going to be no sort of um, partnerships built at all. And that's probably the most tricky bit for the players as well. They come into these types of games and they're expected to put on a performance Um, a bit like the Charlton players. They're expected to go and beat Cray Valley. Conv- yes, they probably should beat them convincingly, regardless if they're 75% fit or not, they're on 50 million times the wages they are, but, It must be difficult for them to have no partnerships. The match sharpness is obviously a big thing as well. Um, And it's like, does my manager actually have faith in me to play me in this type of game? I'm a squad player. Does he really have faith with me? It's like two fingers up to the manager. Or it depends on your mentality. You could have a mentality of, I'm going to go out there and prove a point to my manager and I'm going to give 110%.
3: Yeah. I think also it's the point, yeah, like you said, it's either that or... Why is he playing me in this in this competition mm. against these players that are way below my level? I'm just not gonna try the hardest. I'm gonna play at 75% and I should be better than them. And then it fight it backfires. Like it shows. Because mm. you've got those Crow Valley Paper Mills players who they've said this is only the second time that Ever in an FA Cup. Um First round, I think the first time was in the co- when not I think might be in the COVID year or the one year before COVID, and they got beat by a, by a national league south side. I think it was having Waterlooville when I last checked, and this is their first time playing a league side. And obviously it was quite local as well, so they're going to be up for it. Especially someone like Lisby, whose dad is known for being was a childhood legend, isn't he? So yeah. for him, he's going to be well up for it. And all those players will be playing it will be one hundred percent, even more than that, going to work the hardest, and it showed because. Sometimes always say hard work beats talent and that showed on, on, on site so, yet yeah, last night and if if they can keep that going next next time, I won't be surprised if we might even see a a Cray Valley win. Yeah, that's always the one, yeah. one
0: worry, isn't it? When they play so well and they don't quite get the result, you always think, you know, have you have you kind of missed your chance there? Mm-hmm. But like I said it you know the You'd look at it data-wise and think, okay, well, you know, shot will dominate that. They didn't really. I mean, like, you know, they did a whole lot of nothing with the ball, um, and so I don't. I don't think if you're a Valley player, you'd be looking at that with a lot of fear. They'd be nice on them as well. Now, did they get Jullien away in the second round potentially? So again, that's a nice, a nice tie enough for them to look to look forward to as well, isn't
1: it? I think Appleton come out and apologise after that as well after that performance. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah.
2: Yeah, he said that uh, he was disappointed with a few member of the group, a few 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 players of the group, in fact. Uh, and he said that he he thought they could have done better. Uh, it's it is interesting, sort of, given he he is a manager, given that he is the one that sort of trusted these players to to play. You know, perhaps squad players that, that don't normally feature too much in the league. Uh, he's trusted them with with you know a chance in the FA Cup, uh, and ultimately, not many of them have have sort of proved to him right. Yeah, I think
0: his yeah. quote, his quote from the goal is, "When Cray scored the equaliser, there the moment you find out about players, and I found out about one or two, but not in a positive way." I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: not, not impressed. It's brutal, but it's uh, but it's true. Yeah, I watched this game on telly as well, uh, and a bit like what you said, earlier you couldn't really tell too much between the difference between two sides, but neither side really impressed too much. It's sort of a bit of a bit of an odd game, really. Uh, both sides had, had, had chances, but neither really sort of dominated in, in the game. Uh, particularly second half, uh, Crane Valley uh, came out uh, much better. Uh, clearly, something was said in, in the halftime talk. Um, but it does mean another replay, a, another potential League One side out of uh, the FA Cup, albeit uh, depending on the result of, of the replay. Uh, what do you think, Owen? Do you think Charlton will be able to win the replay? replay?
3: With the performance only on Sunday... I wouldn't be surprised they're out. They need to up their game because otherwise they're going to be for a massive shock. So I imagine that the net, the replay will probably be under the TV cameras as well as, I believe, Barnsley, Horsham will probably be as well. So added pressure of humiliation on telly, on, it would be ITV or BBC, right? So it would be on on terrestrial national telly to get humiliated after drawing at home as well to this eighth-tier side. They need to up their game because, yeah, like I said, I watched the last sort of... I watched the last sort of half, uh, the last forty-five minutes of the of, of the uh, game last night, and yeah, Cray Valley, even in the last sort of ten minutes, they looked dead on their feet and knackered, but they were still out hundred percent. They were still pushing for that for that goal. They had that free kick near the end, which he had a, was a great chance. If they had someone run in there, they could have even nicked nick the win. So I I, I back Cray Valley to maybe nick this. Um, yeah, and like you said, Ollie said they're drilling the away in the next round, and that'd be another great away day for for the Cray Valley fans if they can get this win at win at home.
2: Yeah, well, I guess uh, we'll see when when the replay. Uh, Cray Valley Paper Mills of the eighth tier being held by the Charlton Athletic. Uh, we'll move on to another League One side involved. In fact, it's Portsmouth who are currently top of the League One table, uh, they were hoping to. Uh, they were hoping to miss out on the fire of a potential uh, giant killing by facing top of the National League, Chesterfield. Sam, how did this one go? It's always weird
1: when people say that the highest-ranked team in the competition is a League One team going into Round One, but Portsmouth are that team. Um, and they lost through an ex-player Tom Naylor with the headed goal to knock his old club out of the FA Cup. And Chesterfield were good value for their, for their victory, um, had the better of the chances. Um, and a Portsmouth team that wasn't overly changed... Um, The back four was relatively the same. The goalkeeper was the same. The two midfielders in Robertson and Morrell, they still had Colby Bishop up front. Um, I think the biggest disappointment, other than the result for Portsmouth, would be the injury to Regan Paul, who's been arguably one of their better players all season. And it comes back to the point of how seriously, especially if if you're Portsmouth, would you rather go to the championship or would you rather get to the third round of the FA Cup and potentially, like, it's not a promise you could get, I don't know, Rotherham away and lose. It's it's difficult for, I suppose, John Moussino. Um It was Portsmouth's first defeat in any competition since March. But, um, yeah, Chesterfield could have easily had two or three and were very, very good value and didn't really look like, I suppose, it's like what Paul Cook said. They're not really a non-league side. They're probably a mid-table to high League Two team at least, with, especially with their budget and the players they've got. I mean, you've got Will Grigg. Up front, you've got Ollie Banks, Armando Dobra, Mark Michael Jacobs, Liam Mandeville. They're all League Two players at at least. Um, and they're good, good, very good value for their win.
3: Yeah, I I do. I feel like, like you said about the League One League Two level, is that a lot. This is probably more for the National League guys to do, but um, about that whole League Two League, League National League relegation promotion because some of those teams in the National League could be like, like you said, that that national, that Chesterfield side, some of those have, have been a full national, like they've made loads of appearances for national teams. Like mm. Will Griggs, a former Northern Ireland international, um, players that have played in, in higher, like the Championship, League One, even the Premier League, some of them. And and the manager who's been higher up the leagues, because I believe, wasn't Paul Cook at Portsmouth at one point? The manager? Yeah. yeah. was yeah, yeah, at yeah. one point? Yeah. Um, they it's a very good team and, and it's a club of a, of a football league stature and yesterday they showed why and and, and they've got a tie again at home against Sam's Leighton Orient which will oh. be a tough game. Oh, I'm not looking tough, forward to that. Yeah, it's a t- it'd be a tough game for it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's in Teddy as well because I think that's a real chance at a shock. Um, what Sam did say about about uh, what Portsmouth would they want a third round or, or promotion? they would probably want promotion because a lot of players and that a lot of teams in that uh sorry, a lot of fans. So, <coughs> sorry, give me a moment. A lot of fans would would already be to FA Cup finals with like when they beat Cardiff and then the Chelsea. So um they would probably want promotions to championship so they can go and play those bigger sides on a weekly basis. Weekly basis. So be really interesting um, to see how Chester would go up and uh, how Chester would go on in this competition, and I will back them to probably come into the Football League again this year. Um, and also how Portsmouth will probably be better because they'll have that week off now in December, which will probably get them re- regenerised into that busy festive period. And I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they they go higher up the leagues and and hype uh, the leagues, higher up the t- uh, points above the the rest of promotion chasing sides.
1: The only thing that might happen
3: is if the other FA Cup team who Portsmouth are meant to play
1: on International Weekend, if that game's called off, that'll be stuck in the FA Cup weekend, I would suspect.
0: As well. I do have a slight issue with um the miserable bastard in me coming out a little bit here, but like <laughs> the like romanticising over non league side beat Portsmouth for like, like credit for Chesterfield for the way they did and and like you say, they were very, very good value for it and deserved the win. It's not a shock, shock, is it? When a team log money and buy players, literally, like literally, like like it's no map players who've played, like neither played in the championship last season. Will Grinkler mm-hmm. played Frank and played on to League One. Michael Jacobs played Portsmouth in League One. Like, they've, like it's not even like they've got picked up journeyman. They've literally picked up players that all played like 35, 40 games, two tiers. He basically
1: picked up a load of Portsmouth rejects by the looks of it.
0: Well, yeah, um, but yeah, I just, it's the same as when it was when it was Wrexham last year. I just felt like a bit of an yeah. issue with like being that like it. I get it, like Portsmouth are obviously in a brilliant unbeaten run and, and, and seeing a sight of that, but as we all are very aware, Chesterfield are not a non league site and they won't be. Um they can't come next season. So it it does frustrate me slightly when I see kind of like almost that that gets more attention because they beat because they beat Pompey than mm-hmm. your Grey Valleys and, and your Horshams, um, who for me is is, is a much bigger story. Yeah, also I don't not
1: know. not league two all the shot of the shot of the round. No yeah. pun intended.
3: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Older shot. They've got some good players down there as well. That's what mm. I mean. This, this is why I think this is a little more for League Two last again. But that's why the, the the need to talk about more about promotion because otherwise, those teams in down the bottom of League Two would probably get soundly beaten by the top half of the Na- of the National League. So that's that's why the FA Cup I think is sort of a proving ground because it shows that these sort of sides could batter those League Two sides, which showed well the shot. It shows here with Chesterfields well, already. but
2: Let's not
0: go changing it too quickly with Barnet in second night.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, not Barnett. True. Um, in terms of Portsmouth, obviously, suffered defeat at the, hand, ha- at the hands of Chesterfield. Uh, it's the first League uh, and Cup defeat of the season. Uh, how much will this affect them?
0: I can take uh. right off. I think they, 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 they I think they can write that off as a bad day at the office, and I think equally for the reasons we've just said, they can sit and say okay, well on paper it's a long league side, but it wasn't. I think you just you just you, like if anything, you're probably quite grateful that you put a performance like that in in a game that ultimately means nothing. Um, and you know you, you'd rather you'd rather go and win and get three points next week in the league, right? Yeah, they're just yeah. gonna get a bit annoyed with that Regan Paul
1: injury. I think I don't know I don't know how if it's come out how serious his injury is, but he's yeah, been one of Portsmouth's best players this season.
3: Yeah, I think I think though the the game is... that this might not even be a hindrance. This might be a gift for them because that means that if a come of their like promotion rivals, for example, if if like an Oxford goes on a bit of a cup run and 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 goes and plays, um, goes to the fourth round, for example, fifth round, they'll have to chase up two to three games, mm-hmm. um, including replays if that happens. Um, whilst Portsmouth can just play focus on the cut uh, the league and then maybe an EFL Trophy run. So, yeah, it would be interesting
1: to see what they do tomorrow night, Portsmouth, because they're playing us and both teams have to win, I think, to go through. So it would be interesting what sort of team they stick out.
2: Yeah. Interestingly, yes. Yeah. So um, Chesterfield put on a red hot sparkling display in the Paul Cook derby to ensure that uh, Portsmouth weren't knocked out at the first stage of the competition. Uh, we'll move on just to summarise very briefly uh, the other clubs in League One that were knocked out. Uh, we'll start with uh, Lincoln and Morecambe. Uh Quickly, Owen. Uh, Lincoln didn't able to progress in this round.
3: No, um, it was it was unlucky from 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 Lincoln. But again, I think they need to start thinking about getting that new manager in because otherwise, that new manager bounce for an interim will never last. And if they don't get someone in soon, they could slip back down the table. So,
2: be interesting to see what goes on. Certainly so will and uh, Sam, your Orient side winners against Carlisle.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, it was nice to actually have all three of our strikers actually score a goal, which made a change. Um, I, I'm really happy for Aaron, Aaron Drynan. Um, his first goals for nearly a year, um, he works his backside off and he frustrates, I'd say, 99.9% of our fan base. Um, but I'm, I'm so happy he scored, he, he deserves a goal. Goal for Joe Piggott, that can only be good for his confidence, even though I hate his penalty run-up. Um, I can't stand it. Um, What's it um, like? It's worse than Bruno Fernandes'. Oh, no. He'll do a oh, step, no. he'll hop, and then his left leg will go down, and then his right leg comes through. It, it was so obvious where he was going to put his penalty. And the So he's, he's got, got no momentum. I hate those penalties because they've
3: got no momentum on them. No, he's got no momentum just at all. Just run and hit it. Yeah. Just, it's um, a penalty, just smash it. Yeah. Like- like I'm that kind of person, when I took penalties, I would toe poke it in the top corner,
2: but yeah. <laughs> but while they're going Sam, in, Sam, I'm not going to complain. Sam Piggott had a really bad miss as well, didn't he? Oh, don't get me started on that. No, no, no.
1: Wait, he scored a goal, we're going to leave it at that. If you mention Piggott miss to Orient fans, they will crucify any of you. It's the same with Satoru. If he misses a chance, they'll crucify all of you because they don't rate any of our strikers.
0: But you also nice. did get to see something rarer than a shiny Charizard in Carlisle Goal. Yeah,
1: they did. And to be honest, it was offside. So it shouldn't have been counted. So, but hey ho. We, we've got, we, oh, like, come to Leighton Orient. We are literally a charity. If you're on a long unscoring run, come to Orient. We'll give you a goal and then we'll just beat you
2: anyway. We'll uh, uh, move on. We'll move on. Uh from things FA Cup uh, we'll just take a short break and we'll be back after this to discuss managers in danger
0: a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance
2: Welcome back to the Look Sports Media League One podcast. We've just finished chatting about all things FA Cup. Now we're on to uh talking about managers that might be in trouble. Uh we'll sort of take it in turns a little bit. We'll sort of put forward your ideas for uh well, your proposals for managers who should be sacked next in the league. Uh we'll start with you, Owen. Who do you think should be the next manager to be given the chop?
3: Um, it's pretty tight because obviously down the bottom there is a lot of um, danger and a lot of teams that could be in a bit of trouble but I'm going to go with Ruben Seles, uh, the Reading manager Um, they're in a hole at the moment and we're going to talk a little bit more about their financial issues shortly but um, yeah they're struggling at the moment and I wouldn't be surprised if, if maybe if they do get out of administration or if they don't that they might go and sack him because yeah, he's not doing a good job at all. And I, I, I said this last week, but I think it was a completely wrong appointment to go for. um, And I think they should, they should if in my opinion, I should sack them and bring in to a little bit more experience to ch- try and get any way of going, get, staying up this season. I don't think they will, because I think there might be even an, another 8.9 point deduction, but they've got to try. And, and I think I think the option will probably be to sack him.
0: I would love to see if they do sack him, just a public thing up. Of- how many people actually apply for that job? Like, who the hell wants to go there in that mess at the moment? Like, they can't just sign players, a nice know, Juicy
1: right? payoff when they get sacked yeah. at the end of it.
0: Oh yeah, I guess so, but Christ, like, yeah, but, but the, my, my only thing with the sellers there is I don't really know what you want from him. I just, yeah. like, you're not hiding enough there, aren't you? You're playing youth players, you know, in pretty much seven or eight positions every single week. Um, you can't sign anyone. No one's getting paid. Like, what, what's he meant to do? I, I yeah. I see what you're saying in terms of like results wise, and you know, from that perspective, it's, it's kind of never gonna look um lovely. But I, I just well, I'd be I'd be interested to know Reading fans' take on it, whether they whether they feel you know, yeah. any sort animosity towards him or whether it is all just from the graphics of the issues at the club.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I if if there is someone you, I don't know if the, who would who would that like you said who would take that job? Someone like a Joey Barton or someone like that, maybe, but that would be chaos if that happened. By the way, I think
1: Joey Barton would kill the owner yeah. if he went to Reading. Yeah, but I think was, he'd was Reading fans a favour.
3: Yeah, well, especially if it's Mike Ashley. Oh god, oh, god. Joey Barton,
1: Mike partnership
3: once again. Oh
1: god,
2: uh, interesting. Uh... As, as you said, Owen, we're going to come on to chat a little bit about Reading a little bit later on. Uh, they've had some issues over the past couple of days, uh, whenever they've not had issues, but they've had even more in the recent days. Uh, Ollie, we'll come to you next for your uh, manager likely to be sacked. Yeah, I, I actually think we're in a bit a bit of a sort of thing. I think things have settled
0: a little bit in League One management-wise. I think the clubs that we felt like had issues and had managers under pressure have gone. Um I think Paul Warren's still under pressure at Derby, but they seem to have been putting statements out that seem to be saying that that's a, a non-negotiable that he's going to be staying. Someone that I'd like to think would get more time that I am worried about is Caldwell at Exeter. I think that the, the manner of the run they've had recently, they've been abysmal. Um, Wigan obviously comes to be beating them again at the weekend in their last 12 games in all competitions. They've won one and drawn one and lost 10. And I, I just, like, I I wonder how long that can be let slide before someone eventually pulls the trigger on it. I just, you know, it might be masked slightly by the nice start they had. Um, but, yeah, for me, he, like, I'd be very surprised if he's not very much under pressure there. Yeah, Losing to me yeah, to Mitchell I,
1: is going to be huge for Exeter as well. He's out, I think, for the rest of the season with an ACL. I didn't, realize,
0: I didn't realize he'd gone.
1: Yeah, he's he's out. He's for out the, yeah. I think he injured himself in the cup game, so he's out for the rest of the season. Which, yeah, that that's all their creative ability near enough gone now.
0: See, I yeah, think, I, think, I think I think they go to Fleetwood at um, the weekend, which would be a you know with Fleetwood yeah. down there as well. If they're if they're comfortably beaten there, I think Coburns have to start worrying a bit, don't they? Because I think they then play Pete <laughs> Pete. No, they, they then play Peterborough and Bolton. So if you don't if you, if you don't get anything from the Fleetwood game, you've mm-hmm. then got two pretty much losses that you know it it would be nigh on impossible I think for a manager to survive with that record. I, I I'd like to see him stay there um, because I like you know I do like to see managers given time, especially when you're at you know your exit to sort of size size club and you think actually you know we're quite pleased to be in League one, but chairman can't sit on their hands forever can they, when that's happening.
3: Yeah, they mm-hmm. just it just seems like they have just fallen off a cliff. Like, like they had a really good start. They they got to the 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 third round, uh, the fourth round of the EFL Cup, but then they just like you said haven't won in what twelve in the last twelve won one, like and they would like a, I don't think they're they really good unbeaten run um, at the start of the season. Yeah, it just seems like they've just fallen off a cliff. And yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if like you said if they lose on Saturday, I think he's gone.
2: Yeah, uh, Gary Caldwell was one of mine as well. No win in League or Cup since a 1-0 Round 3 Carabao Cup victory against Luton on the 26th of September. Uh, Currently sits 17th, three points off the bottom four, and we've just uh, spoke about it there as well, lost to Wigan at the weekend in the FA Cup. So not looking good for Caldwell at Exeter. Uh, Owen, who would be your shout for the next manager to get the sack? I was going
3: to say, you've already done me. Um oh sorry. No, yeah, no, no, no. Do <laughs> don't worry. I'm on right. track.
2: Sorry, yeah. Don't I, worry. Yeah, I'll do that again. Uh, Sam, who would be your choice for the next manager to go?
1: Uh I'm stuck between two. Um I'm gonna say one. I'm not gonna say the one I was gonna say because they are in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup, and I think that's saving his bacon at the moment. So I'm gonna go with Matt Taylor at Shrewsbury. Only seven goals in 18 games. The fans are, when especially they came to us, their fans are against him. The style of play is abysmal. Um, They've got Bolton next tomorrow night. So I suspect they will lose that. Um, Then they've got Reading in the league. So I reckon if they lose to Reading, he will probably be sacked. You can't be scoring seven goals in 15. I know Cheltenham have scored six in 15, but they've already got rid of their manager. Um, But seven goals in 15 games, That's just ridiculously crap, quite frankly. They don't create much. Um, Their recruitment wasn't amazing. Um, uh, Yeah, It's a a worry, a big, big worry, because I'm going to sound like Michael Owen here. If you don't score goals, you don't win football matches. And that only goes one way.
2: True, not looking good. Uh, I also had uh, Northampton as one of my sort of sides. uh, John Brady at Northampton. They've not won... A game in a month, uh, the 3rd of October, was their last victory. Uh, currently sitting 20th in the league as well. Uh, so perhaps some concern around Northampton. But my three were, I, I know I said one, but my my sort of three that I've got written down uh, were, were Exeter and Caldwell, uh, Derby and Paul Warren, and then Brady at Northampton as well. Uh, so, yeah, I guess all the time will tell. Ollie, we've got a good track record, haven't we, on, on this podcast of predicting managers to be sacked and then the, the next week be, being sacked? Well, I mean, we've, not,
0: we've not even gone as far as predicting their sacking. I think all, all, all you've said is they're under pressure. I and mean, then yeah. suddenly the trigger's been pulled. So God knows what can happen to this lot. we certainly get sacked.
3: I'm surprised no one got for Paul Sipson at, at, at Carlisle. I, I think he's, like they said, the bottom four at the moment. They're struggling. I know they won a couple of weeks ago against, against Burton, but they are really struggling as well. That was like my second choice after I went through Uben Sallis, he's, But He's got he's got too much credit in the bank there. Yeah. Just, like, the fans all love him.
0: He's got history with the club. Um, yeah, and... Uh, and their yeah, budget's pretty crap. Think. Yeah, rubbish, budget. can't sign anyone. Like, there's, there's too many things you can blame, I think, as to what, what's gone wrong. I,
2: I don't think he'll be shouldered with it.
1: No, I don't think they could get anyone better as well.
2: Fair enough. No, so there, there are sort of picks of the next manager to be sacked slash managers in danger. Uh, we're going to move on now to chat a little bit about Reading uh, and uh, their continuing financial issues. Uh, so the club have been referred to an independent disciplinary commission by the e f l over money owed to h m r c and they've not paid uh they, they owe money for unpaid debts uh over september and october Owen, oh, this is a worry for the club isn't it
3: yeah i i i' i'm worried for for Reading fans i know there was there was a there's a couple of people in the picture signed the club uh it came out a couple of weeks ago that william Soy publicly said he was going to put out because he was, wasn't given exclusivity. Then another report came out that he didn't give anything to the club. That's just classic Williams story um, for you. Um, and then the, Mike, Mike Ashley asked, I think Mike Ashley's another one that they've looked at. Uh, there's a couple of others that have asked for exclusivity uh, to halt to buy the club. Um, i forgot. there, I think it's just a couple of holding companies in America and, and, and sort of the Nordic region. Um, but yeah, if they can't find anyone soon, I feel Really bad for, for Reading fans. I think if if nothing comes in the next couple of months, this could near be the end. Which I don't want it to be because Reading are a famous old club. They're a club that only ten years ago were Premier League clubs. So yeah, it, it's it's worrying times.
2: There were uh, they were issued a winding up petition on Tuesday, which is a second in four months, and uh, the outcome of this sort of uh, independent disciplinary commission uh, could lead to another wind up. Petition, it could lead to another sort of sanction. Ollie, what are your sort of views on this and what sanctions do you think the club could get?
0: I, I, it's it's such a difficult situation, isn't it? Because ultimately, no one likes to sit here and see clubs punish more and more. Um, I think, you know, with, with the punishments they've already got and the state of their squad, they're going to go down, aren't they? So I think the whole idea of keep punishing them, keep punishing them from a football perspective feels silly. Um, and equally, um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, having said that, we, you know, you can't, the football league can't sit there and just say, OK, well, fine, don't pay your players and don't pay your tax bills. So I do, like, I do think that, I think where Reading might be OK compared to other clubs, I think it's because there's an infrastructure there in the stadium um, and, and, and the area. I don't think, I think not, uh, people will know more about this than I will to do with Reading, but it feels like a much bigger, a nicer project for someone to come in and, and, and throw a lot of money at than some of the other clubs that have gone that way. Um, so I, I, I can see it being one of those where they get saved at the 11th hour um, by someone, you know, I guess ultimately it's whether that person has got any sort of credentials to to be a half-decent human being and not run it into the ground. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, fingers crossed, it, it, it goes the right way for them. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I can't, can't imagine being in that situation where you're talking about your club going to the walls.
1: It? Yeah. It doesn't surprise yeah. me with this owner. Cause I did some research on uh, die, whatever he's called die, die something. Um, and he ho- owned a club in China and they went bust. He changed their name three times and then they went bust. So it, it's not surprising.
3: Was it like, was it like, um, wasn't it that? Cause I remember there was a club of like, they won the Chinese super league and they went down the next year. Was that that club? Was that yeah. like Beijing, it Goyang? wasn't that club. I oh, was it, no, wasn't, that it wasn't that club.
1: No. Um, but yeah, I was just doing this a little bit recently. I can't remember. He moved them from Guangzhou to Shanghai to somewhere else, and then they went bust.
0: Oh. It is just like bonkers, bonk, isn't it? That these people get allowed anywhere near a football club. Like you think, like yeah. in this country where it is such a huge part of you know the, the the nation and how incredible the football league is, the number of times this seems to be allowed to happen. I mean, we've said it before, obviously. That the, the fit and proper stuff is just it's just bollocks, isn't it? Like, like, and. Yeah. But how? But how? How can there be a panel that review that sort of stuff? And then all they need to do uh, is go on Wikipedia. That's what I mean. Yeah. Four, yeah, four, four like just... a podcast can can sit and land him and say that he's he's going to be a joke. Like I, just, I, I
3: don't I don't get it. Yeah. In my opinion, it should be the panel should be maybe a an owner of a football a football league club, um, someone who experienced owner, someone like a Phil Wallace, for example, who knows how to run a, a, a sustainable club. It should be a fan. I think mm. as well, um, the chairman of the football league, and then maybe another one, maybe another like a bit a, a business owner or something like that. But it should be a, a panel of that includes a fan and I think an owner of a, of a respecting and, and self sustaining football league club. Because who's on that board? Who who tells like like? It, sometimes it's just like they're just doing it because they need they need someone to get the club quickly and they just don't care. It seems like they don't care about the club because. So a lot of clubs are bought just because it's a business expense. I like you look at, I know it's a bit It's a bit different, but you look at a club like Wrexham, that seemed like it wasn't less business. Like they obviously didn't really know football as much, Rob and Ryan. Obviously, it's a bit more business opportunity with, with the documentary and that, but it does seem like they have fallen in love with the club. And and I might not like Wrexham as how they've run it, as that they've, they've, put, they've poured a lot of money into it, but it's not like they're taking money out of the club, it's not that they're just using it as a holding for another thing. They've poured money again, into with, it and they've loved it
0: again then with rexham i think that that's it's easy to say now obviously having them been down in the situation they've been in for so long but if you now look at it and think about okay they're not they've got no rival clubs in that area to sort of compete with they've got again an infrastructure and a solid fan base yeah, that's an yeah. obvious that's an obvious tip like, now it seems like well why I would have done that before like when when you look at like you know the solvers like, and you think well they're piling money into it and they're not improving attendances and you know they're not they'll reach a ceiling right reading feels like it could be a rexon type sort of situation whereby actually it's all there ready made for you you've just yeah. got to go and, and not be a novice and, <laughs> and overspend it like, I, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm sure yeah. i'm simplifying <laughs> it way too much but
3: I'm not surprised. What, I'm, I'm surprised why no one's sort of gone that route because I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a few more Hollywoods, Hollywood or someone with a lot of money who are famous for something going to invest in these clubs because it's shown with with with, with, with Wrexham that it's worked. Their structure, not just as a club, but Rob and Ryan as uh, themselves, they've gone well up in their stature, a bit more Rob than Ryan because Ryan was, has been big anyway. But you could really help out someone and help out not just the club, but yourself by raising a club that was in the dumps and make them into a, a brilliant club.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think they get quite yeah. a good. But I think the documentary for Rob and Ryan has massively helped because they go into detail about how much money they actually lose as well. Yeah. It's like they, I think it was two million pounds they lost in the National League. And then if they didn't go up, that was going to go up to three or four. So it's not like they're, like you said, taking money out of the club. They're putting their own cash into the club and trying to help a community club, which I don't have a problem with as long as it doesn't get run into the ground, to be honest. And I don't, I don't yeah. think they will run it into the ground. They seem quite genuine and want to actually achieve something with Wrexham. In,
2: in terms of Reading, though, Sam, obviously off the pitch, they've got all these issues, but on the pitch as well, currently sitting bottom with all only six points on board.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really difficult one because they've they've got some very experienced professionals there in David Button, Harley Dean, Harvey Nibs, Sam Smith. And Sam Smith and Harvey Nibs, I believe, came through the Reading Youth Academy as well before going on to other clubs. So they know what it's like to play for Reading, um, a club like Owen said, weren't that long ago in the Premier League. Um, they got obviously hold the record number of points for the championship at 106, I believe it was as well. Um, And they had their lowest ever, I think it was the lowest ever attendance at their stadium was 4,325 for for an FA Cup game. And I think the FA Cup could be quite a good distraction for Reading. Um, I don't know, I can't remember who they got in the second round, but if they can get to the third round and get a really big juicy tie um, with the season they've had and what's been going on the past two, three years for them, I think that will actually mean quite a lot to them. Um, just to have a break. It's a break from the pressures of the league. It's just a fun day out for them. Um, and I am I feel so bad for the fans who, it's always the fans that take the flack in these sort of situations when rich, rich billionaire owners come in and treat the club
3: like it's a pet. Yeah. Uh, they've got Eastly away in the next round. Eastleigh so, away, okay. Well, I, it, I, I, it, for, it's, for their yeah. sake. I hope some, they get through.
0: Some money there at Eastley as well, not it? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. Good result they
2: had on uh, Saturday, because Bournemouth. Yeah, we'll move on from Reading. Uh, Obviously, any more updates in terms of Reading, we'll we'll bring that to you on on the Look Sports Media League One podcast. Uh, We'll move on from Reading to uh, some news a little bit more recent, uh, and that's regarding Oxford manager Liam Manning. Uh, Now, uh, he apparently is set to take on the Bristol City uh, head coach role uh, so he would leave uh, the O's in second place in League One to join the Championship side. Owen your immediate thoughts to Manning leaving Oxford?
3: I think it's a mistake I, I, I Bristol have got a good club but I, I think it's a really uh, a mistake from him um, to go to a club that's I think Oxford are probably going to go to the Championship next year, to go a year early to a club that yeah, has a good infrastructure and wants to go to the Premier League, but you look at the clubs in the Championship, the Leicesters, your Leeds, um, the clubs that have got those parachute payments and things like that, they're not going to go up there unless they get major investment. Why not start with Oxford, get them up, and then maybe see how they do, and then, I don't know, maybe you get a job in the Premier League if you do well with Oxford, or or like a big Championship club. I think it's taking it way too early. I think he got sacked from... He had this sort of thing with NK Dons where he did really well that season. There was jobs right for him. He did take it. And then, obviously, he got sacked because he had a really poor season. So I think the reason why he has taken it is because he's worried about then having another poor season with Oxford that doesn't go well. He gets sacked and he has to take a lower job. So I think he snatched at it because he knows... Because obviously he's had that experience with NK Dons where he hasn't had that... Where he didn't take that chance and it cost for it. So now he's going to obviously take this now. But that might cost him again in the long run.
1: There was a lot of oh, rumours well- there
3: about him taking the Portsmouth job when it was
1: around. And Portsmouth didn't want him because they wanted someone that wanted to manage Portsmouth and didn't want to treat it as a stepping stone. And that's kind of what he's done with Oxford. He's came in, rebuilt his reputation, kept them up, and electrifying starts of the season, had a really good summer in terms of recruitment. And then he's gone, right, I've
0: rebuilt my reputation. See you a lot later. I'm off to Bristol City. Is he is he def- like I feel I feel like this is the third person in a week I've heard is 100% definitely going to Bristol City. Uh, wasn't it meant Where, to be useless this and it was meant to be Lampard and now it's
2: like
1: yeah, now it's him. Yeah. We know what the role is yeah. like with
0: managers
2: yeah, it has been reported that within the next forty-eight hours, it, it will be him. But as you said, there's been a few names sort of uh, thrown about in terms of the Bristol City job. Uh, currently sitting eleventh. Uh, Oli, if he does leave Oxford, uh, how big of a miss will he be to the team? And do you think they are going to end up dropping down the table? Um,
0: I've I've been a massive advocate of Oxford. Um, I think probably just purely from watching, absolutely rip us apart. Um, because sides generally don't do that with us. Um. I think he, if he does go, I think the style of play um, is significant in the sense that he's very clearly um, got a well-drilled side. You, I said before, when we played them, you could see that the patterns and uh, and the movements were there and were clearly very, very well drilled. Um, They were a team who were super, super organised, and so I wonder if someone goes in with a slightly different idea, whether that might take a bit of time to bed in. Um equally, I think we've kind of said, touched on before that the squad there's really good. and The recruitment was excellent. Um, I, think I think he'd be hard pushed with it. Oxford are a decent sized club in League One. Um, I think they'll get financially back there. I think that it's an attractive job with a good squad. So I think that they would, they, they would get somebody decent in. And I think anybody worth their salt if they're going into a squad of the quality of, you know, Brannigan, McWayne. Um, Greg, you know, your Greg Reed, et etc. I'd, I'd be surprised if they can't get them going.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Do you maybe, because obviously they've had an electric start and they've got that style of play that looks so good, that maybe maybe you'd look maybe in-house. Maybe someone, maybe if you want to maybe, I know Liam Manning has his team, right? Obviously everyone has their sort of coaching staff. Maybe do they approach one of Manning's coaching staff and goes, do you want this job instead to keep his style of play maybe? and um, But will that that we'll, we'll,
2: will they not want to go with Manning to Bristol?
3: But then, but the difference is, but they could go to. Would you want to be an assistant, or do you want to be the head coach at a top league one side? That's the sort of difference, isn't it?
1: And so, yeah, the it's true. Thing I... Is between being a
3: coach, like an assistant manager,
1: and being a manager, are two very different things. Uh, being a manager, you have to plan everything. Thing, everything meticulously and then send your coaches out to do it so you're a bit more on the field with as an assistant and a coach where a, like a a manager is a bit more in the background managing sort of the psychology and actually having to have better people skills um, and a lot of coaches who have gone into management have failed because they don't actually have them people skills yes they may have the tactical knowledge and everything like that but they don't have the people skills to get the best out of the players in the, in the first aspect so it's it's a difficult one for sometimes coaches, especially if on leaving managers just become managers.
0: It's the security right as well though. So like, say if, you, if you're an assistant manager and you know you can hatch, sort of hitch your wagon onto someone who's going to be a good fit. Well, as long as that doesn't fall apart, you've got a job's life, right? You know, you just follow them around. Whereas the minute you step out into management yourself and, and distance yourself from that relationship, you're on your own and if it doesn't go well, you know, what do you then do? Go, go and drop back to town to being assistant again? Okay? Like,
3: yeah, it, I think that's the same it, it, sort of with Crichtley, right? When he was at Blackpool, like he, he went on his he went on his own. We did a decent job at Blackpool, though. But then he went and become a coach at, at was it Villa under under yeah. Gerard, and then we got sacked to went black, to Blackpool. So don't know about that. that. Was a that was a weird one when that when that got announced. But yeah, he had a spelling
1: QPR in the middle of that as well.
3: Oh yeah, of course he did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a weird it was a weird weird sort of scenario. But he's still not right there at Blackpool at the moment, so it'd be interesting.
2: Yeah, it will will be interesting whether sort of uh, Manning takes his side. But if he wasn't, if if he were to take his side, so who do you think would be a, a good replacement uh, at Oxford?
1: And they're going to need about. someone who's going to play some attractive football. So that rules Gareth Ainsworth out. So he's gone. Um, yeah. And the problem is, there's not really many managers available. I don't think that play that kind of football either. No. Um Joey Barton's not going to go there. Um it's a risky one, but I don't I don't know enough about National League. But someone like a Kevin Mayer at South End yeah. sort of fits sort of the age bracket that Oxford have like the Leah Manning age bracket and the job he's done at South End has been brilliant, but I don't know what style of football he plays.
3: Maybe I know it's a, a a very risky I don't know how well born would have done at the moment, but what about Luke Gerard?
1: He's always done well in cups, isn't he? Again. Yeah. Think, and he's always overachieved his budget.
3: Yeah, that's what I mean. I feel like that that Bourne Wood side that they might have had poor seasons and times, but like I said, they have got to. They've this was the first year since like maybe 2017, 2018 that they haven't made at least a third round of the FA Cup, and mm. they've got one of the smallest budgets in the division. They have the lowest attendances in the division. I know it's not the 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 bo ender with attendances, but you don't get as much money, obviously. And they've got to playoffs. They were whiskers away from a. Was it a playoff, a playoff final against this year um, with, with Knox County? They were in the playoff final a couple of years ago. They were inches away from another playoff. So there, he's a very good manager. And when when Stevenage have had chances, I've always been an advocate for maybe bringing him in. And obviously we're now with Evans, we're to a fine. But I would love to see him get a job at a higher club because I rate him so much.
0: I think it's a weird one, isn't it? That I mean, there's so so many clubs where they sack their manager, and you can kind of bring up a hit list of five, six of a, a managers who were around. the situation of someone leaving when a side are in second and seemingly well set to stay there. If he if he does go, I think that is a real, real tough appointment for the, man, for the for the chairman because you've got to get it right. You know, like we just identified, they've got to play a similar style of play, and I don't I don't off the top of my head know many managers that are. Doing that well um, around the moment.
2: I just want You're to pick up on oh,
1: no. possibly. but I don't think he'll drop to League One. Is Nathan Jones?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think he's a, a bit too big headed to stay to drop down. I think, I think because he's had he's had that sort of stint in the Premier League, and he and I think he, he, I, I'm not. I he's a great manager, but the problem is with him is that he seems his only time with Luton. I don't know if it's that's just like. Mm he needs a manager that suits his needs because, or needs a club that suits his needs because yeah, at the moment, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about him. I feel like with, if he, he wouldn't be he'd wait for a cha- at least a championship job because yeah, I, I don't see him dropping down.
2: No, it, it will be just to see, uh, who goes in at Oxford, uh, when Liam Manning departs. Uh, just finally, on sort of Oxford and Liam Manning. Uh, so he only came in as Oxford boss on the 11th of March, 2023. Uh, it's now the 6th of November, 2023. Uh, so he's not actually been in the job that long. Uh, second in the league. It uh, sort of poses the question uh, is it fair when a manager leaves uh, a long term project early, which is presumably the case in, in Oxford? Uh, is it fair when managers sort of uh, abandon ship? So, no. I guess
0: it's, it's, it's kind of back to what Sam said, isn't it? It's about doing your homework and, you know, Pompey were clearly, clearly aware of his desire to go and move elsewhere. Um, you Make them off your own back, right? If you, if you don't do your homework and you appoint a manager who's going to do that, then, you know, who, who can have any sympathy? And, yeah, I mean, from a fan perspective, I guess it's it's super frustrating. Um, you know, I speak, speak as someone who, you know, obviously we've got a manager who's very system-based in, in Evans at the moment. If he upped and left... Having got us in the situation we're now in, I'd be pretty pissed off. Um, But yeah, like six months isn't isn't a great amount of time, Um, and it does feel very much like you know move while his stock is high. But yeah, I I, I don't think we can feel too aggrieved at any manner of doing that. I I I always liken things like that to like you know if any of us were 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 offered promotions at different companies, we'd all we'd all move and take them, right? So you know he's perfectly within his rights to go and do that and whether where, where bristol city is a huge upwards move can be debated um yeah i, I, don't know.
3: I think i think i think a, a good thing with that would, would be nathan jones because you you look at him he, he did a really good job at, at Luton, got them up to it was league 1 wasn't it and then he was given a job at stoke um which he got sacked from after not doing a great job he went back to nate he went back to Lewin, did a really good job there and obviously that last season, he's doing well until he, he saw that the, the Premier League job at, at Southampton, which he snatched, got sacked within a couple of months. And obviously, Luton really struts out by by getting by getting Rob Edwards, who obviously was probably unfairly sacked by Watford. But the amount of times they've done that is unreal. Um, and now Luton are a Premier League side, as as much as some Cymru fans hate that, but they're they're looking like a strong a strong side after. You know that I know it's we don't do Premier League at all, but like now, now, they're a side drawing with Liverpool every and like beating Everton. So, like that's what I mean. I think I think they wouldn't do that if Nathan Edwards is Nathan Jones sorry, was in charge. So that's what I mean. If you make the right appointment, like Luton did last year, they've gone up. If Oxford, it's tough, but if they can get the right decision, they'll, I think they'll be up next year.
2: Yeah, I think only time will tell. Uh, we'll move on from Oxford and we'll move on to sort of the. Uh... Well, one of the final segments of uh, the podcast this time round, uh, and it's to do with the top goal scorer in the League One division. Uh, currently, we've got uh, Alfie May and Devante Cole leading the line of top goal scorers in the league with eleven goals each. Uh, who do you think will be top goal scorer come the end of the season? Uh, I'll come to you first, Sam.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Dion Charles at Bolton. I think with the amount of chances Bolton create, um, I still think Bolton will finish in the top two. Um, they usually generally come good around this point of the season. Um, he's got a really good strike. He's got some really good strike partnerships around him. He's got Randall Williams supplying him. Um, he's got Sheehan. Um, I'm going with Dion Charles to hit 25 plus. 25
2: plus. I like it. Uh, Ollie, who would be your pick? And um, Let's go with how many goals do you think they'll get? <laughs> um,
0: so, well, I think when you look at it at the moment, I agree with you on Charles, definitely the conversation. Um, slightly boring, but I think you, you, Devante Cole and Alfie May are, are a good sort of c- comparison at this stage of the season with the amount of goals they've got. I think Alfie May will get my vote for it. Um, I spoke last week about the quality around him. Uh, I think that, similar to what Sam said about Bolton, I think you've got players like Blackett Taylor, Mars Lieber and Tyrese Campbell putting chance on a plate for you. I just think he's, he's scored. He scored plenty of goals in far worse sides. Um, he seems to be playing a bit more of a deeper role under Appleton. Um, he's sort of coming, coming short for the ball and creating, but it seems to be suiting him. Um, and he's still getting goals inside the 18-yard box. He's got a proven record. Um, he seems to have got a manager who can make him go up a level. So, for me, he'd get it. Devontae Carl, my my only reservations, and I guess it's a good question for you, Seb, really, I've watched him a lot. Data-wise, I think he looks a little bit like a flat-track bully. Um, five of his eleven goals have come in two different games, and the only goal he scored against a top half team was once against Oxford. So he got fifteen last season in what was a very good Barnsley side. Um, I just I, I'm not convinced that he consistently makes that jump to like twenty five goals a season, which I think you'll need in this
2: league. No, that's a that's a fair uh, sort of fair, fair assessment on Cole. He, often he's sort of he is in places where where you want your striker to be, but it's it's not. In there a lot of the time so they'll sort of be, be phased in games that uh, he, he will just disappear but then randomly sort of pop up with a goal and, and, and then you win 1-0 so then he's getting all plaudits, but sort of theoretically he's not actually doing much within the game um I think uh, some of his uh, three of his goals uh, came, came from the opening day hat-trick as well uh so far this season but in terms of him as, as a player don't get me wrong sort of sort of great player but um yeah, I probably probably agree with your assessment there in that sort of, the consistency that, that you need for a top goal scorer. He just doesn't have... Yeah. So, who? sorry, just remind me, Oli, who was your final pick there for top goal scorer?
0: So, uh, Alfie
2: May, and yeah, I think it'll be in that 25-goal bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. I mean, he, he's joint top at the moment, so I it, see him uh, staying top of the standings. Owen, who would be your pick and how many goals?
3: Right, obviously you guys are gone for ones up there. So I'm, I'm going to go a little bit outside the box. Might be biased because I'm a Simmish fan, but I'm going to go with Jamie Reid. I think I think he's had a great start to the season, obviously, and I wouldn't be, I, I know I, w- I would hate it really, but obviously with teams coming out soon about international call-ups, I even wouldn't be surprised if he gets a call-up to the Northern Ireland national team because you look at some of the players that are in that national team, because they do call-up a lot of, League One players like what's it? Charles, Dion Charles plays for Northern Ireland. I'm right in saying, I think someone from uh, is that a Wigan or or I forgot. Uh, it's a striker who plays for Northern Irish team. That Gosh, imp- yeah, and he didn't impress me at all when he played played against us. when he came on, so I I would I would back him to even maybe go and play for the Northern Ireland national team. But he's 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 seemed to be that he's stepped up a level since he's since he's come up to League One. Um Last year he scored a decent amount of goals, but. A lot of the time, that was in uh, not as much as I wanted him to and he does miss a hell of a lot of cities sometimes and ones and ones but um, he always comes up at the, the big moment. Moments like Villa, even though he didn't win but Stoke, um, Grimsby. like why, That's why we be calling big goal reading. Really. It showed at the weekend. He scored two goals, one in the 100th minute to win the game. So I, I I would like to say that he he'll, he'll be top scoring. I'm going to back him. 20 24 goals. I'm going to go for, and it it win it win the golden boot. Sam, you'll be able to find this.
0: There there must be data out there somewhere on number of big chances missed by players.
3: Yep,
1: I can find that for you right now. Give me I, one moment.
0: I would honestly, I would not that I'm a better man, of course, as you all know, um, but I would be putting a fair amount that Shaggy Reid has probably has possibly missed the highest XG chances or the, and so, the biggest. Miss- Biggest number of big chances. As I said, he loves he loves the one on one and smashing it over the bar. I I love the guy, um, but yeah, composure if he's got any sort of time um, isn't quite there at times.
3: He'll miss miss the one one one, on one, but then he'll go and score from twenty five yards. It's just how he works. It's just ingrained in his system.
1: So according to FootMob, other apps are available. Um, He's got nine goals, obviously from an expected goals of six point six three. Um, eight of them, nine have been ins- uh, um, inside the box. One outside, two of his left foot, six of his right. And he has missed six big chances.
0: OK, wow. that's that. But the, the XG surprised me slightly that he's, that he's outperformed his XG. Um, but yeah, the six, six big chances, I bet bet—is high up there.
1: Um, last yeah. season, he missed nine big chances with his 10
0: goals. Yeah. yeah, so 16 games in and already missing six. Doesn't play well, does it? <laughs>
3: Yeah, but I do. I do think he, he's, he is getting a little bit better, and and I, 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 the thing is, he might not. He might miss a ton of chances, but he always will come up at the moment you need him to. So, I, I as I said, I wouldn't mind him missing three chances. Me pull my hair out how bad he is. If he then pulls up in the last minute and scores a winner that takes us high up the league and maybe even promotion. So,
2: yeah. Fair enough. So you've each gone four different picks. I like it. Lots of variety on this podcast. Now, our final sort of section of uh, this week's uh, League One Look Sports Media podcast is a section that uh, I think was recommended by you, Owen, uh, in terms of uh, players that can go higher and reach a higher level. Uh, So players currently playing, ideally in League One, uh, maybe not necessarily starting week in, week out, uh, but players in which... uh, we believe uh could reach the Premier League, let's say. Uh we'll start with you, Owen. Who would be your pick? It might be a cheat code going for someone on loan, but for me it's Burns,
3: Finney Burns. I I I he's like a Rolls Royce at the moment. And uh we got him from Man City and he looks quality. Like he he, he can play in midfield or defence and he just sort of looks very stable in that sort of in that role and yeah, I've been so impressed by him this season. And I think it was a great, great loan deal from, from Evans to get that over the line. And he looks like he's sort of in that sort of city role of a ball-playing defender. He knows how to pass. He knows how to go up the field. He know, even knows how to score a header um, sometimes or go up for a header and, and, and sort of um, challenge. So that's I think I think he's, his technical elements have done really, really well at the moment. And I think this sort of experience with, with a Steve Evans-like team, if you would say, um, would go hot, would would do really well to sort of bring up those physical elements to then maybe next year or the year after Championship and maybe even into a, a Man City sort of side. Um, but yeah, I, I will tip him to, to even maybe in a couple of years, make Man City first team. He's just so good.
2: Interesting shout so, uh, out there. Ollie, who would be your uh, man to play at a much higher level? Um, for me, I'd go opposition player. Um, a player I've
0: been really impressive for a while now uh, is Cameron Branigan at Oxford. Um, I put quite a lot of value in the who scored match ratings um, uh, this season. He averages seven point four six on those, which is the joint highest, along with common Bishop. Um, this season he, alone, he's got eight goal involvements in twelve games. He seems to be thriving under Manning, who, which you know, we just just mentioned, may not be there longer. Um, but he seems to be playing a slightly deeper role. Um, he's seen a bit more of the ball, he's got the fourth most key passes of any player in the league. Um, I know he didn't nearly get a move, I can't remember who it was, too, but he was linked, um, with a move away, uh, back to the championship. I want to say it was last year and it broke down on deadline day. Um, but I think that if if Oxford don't go up this year, um, I think he had a quiet year last year, as, as a lot of Oxford players did, but the year before again was running the show for them. So for me, he's 27 years old now. Um I think it will be his last uh, season in League One. It's certainly step up to the Championship.
3: Yeah, I, he never got that chance when he was at Liverpool, and um, I rated him a lot. And and I like to look at academy levels and and seeing how old players are. And I really liked him. He just never got the opportunity really to to, to play week in week out. And he's he's done that really well at, at, at Oxford. And I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, Championship. Like like maybe a QPR or a, or like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if. Even in January, if if Manning is there, Bristol City or in the summer, Bristol City, maybe pick him up as as maybe Manning. He loves to play in that Manning system. Wouldn't be surprised, yeah, if he picks him up, especially as with
2: with Bristol City losing Alex Scott in the summer. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen Brannigan play a couple of times, and I've been really impressed with him as well. Uh, Ryan, who be your shout for a player to play at a high level?
1: Uh, I'm going to go very random and I'm going to go with the club I support. Um, he's kind of the unsown hero in our team. I'm going to go with Jordan Brown. Um, he's really made a name for himself. Squad squad sort of a squad player last season, still only 21, I believe. But he's really made a name for himself this season, taking Darren Prattley's place, keeping, I know Max Sanders has had a lot of injuries, but Max Sanders won't get back into the team with the form. Jordan Brown's in. He's tall. I think he's six foot one in stature. He loves a challenge. He's a really good passer of the ball. Um, his positioning, his awareness, his calmness on the ball. I could see him playing, because he was released by Derby, which is where we got him from. And I could I could see him playing in the chat. I don't think he'll ever reach Premier League, but I think he's got the potential to definitely play like mid-table sort of championship sort of team. Um I've never he's a bit like a Craig, he's a better version of Craig Clay, I think, for us. Um, and I I, I really like Jordan Brown. Um I think our fans are starting to see the best of him and I think they're starting to realise how important he is to the team. And I think our win percentage with Jordan Brown in the team is a lot better than it is without.
3: Yeah. Can I give one more? Because I think it's someone that actually plays for us apparently that that I can think, I think, we'll. he hasn't really, I haven't seen much of him. I always saw him for the last 15 at at um, at Tramere, against Tramere. But I feel like if he can keep that going, he gets his match fitness this out. Um, and that is Harvey White. We signed him from Tottenham in on deadline day, or just after deadline day, I think it came out, but we we had to sign a deal sheet for him. But what I saw the last 15 minutes of the game against Tram is that he looks quality. He looks he looks like a Premier League player with his quality on the ball, his his ball control, his his ability to take on players, his his um set piece ability has been was brilliant. He he kept us in that gate, he kept us ticking and and was part of that sort of group that got that last minute winner. Um and I, I feel like if we can see, look, if he can get his map fitness up and, and sort of back to a standard, because this to be his first season playing full-level League One football. He's played a couple of times, for I think it was Portsmouth, and a couple of times he's coming in January. But this is his first season where he knows he's going to be in League One or knows he's going to be permanently here because uh, last couple being been loan deals from Spurs. But you've seen him in under-21 games. Um, I've seen a couple of him times because uh, Tottenham play a lot of the games at the Lamex for the under-21 games. And I've seen a lot of highlights from him and he looks quality on the ball and and looks like a very technically gifted player. Just about getting, like I said, it's same with Finley Burns. A lot of these players, it's just about their technical abilities, world class. It's just about making sure that they're not getting physically bullied about in this division. And yeah, like I said, I would like to see more from him and let him start and see how he performs from that position. But if he's like where he was against Tremere, he could go try and get back himself into the Championship and even the Premier League. Yeah, interesting. Uh me, how how old is he again, Owen? I think he's about twenty-one, twenty-two. He's not that old. I think maybe twenty-three, but he's he's, he's still a young player and um he looks quality. So I, I he's still got a long time to get himself back to the top.
2: Yeah, I think my shout uh, for Bound would be uh, Fabio giallo who of course uh, grabbed uh, the draw at Horsham. Uh, he's he's very impressive for the sort of reserve side. Had a couple of substitute appearances. Uh, sort of thereabouts um, and uh, f- yeah, featured, featured off the bench f- for the first team uh, and I think just deserves a shot at, at sort of regular first-year football uh, but I think uh, no doubt he'll be very soon picked up by uh, a Premier League side at some point. He's only 18 years of age so plenty of opportunity there to uh, develop uh I think that's it for this episode of uh, the Look Sports Media League One podcast. Hope you enjoyed our uh, burning display of uh, all the FA Cup action. Yes, I am continuing the bonfire jokes right until the end. Uh, don't forget, you can catch uh, the League One 606 live on uh, X, uh, formerly Twitter, on the League on the Lower League Look account on Saturday at eight PM. Uh, until then, we'll be back next week with more League One action. Thank you very much, lads, for joining. Uh, and until then, we'll see you next week.